Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax-saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. So the first question over here was from Lloyd, wasn't it? So you've got six units. Yeah. You're about to approach the VAT threshold. Do you own the units or is it rent to SA? Rent to SA. Rent to SA. Okay. So in to keep it very simple and straightforward for you, have you come across TOMS, the Total Operators Margin Scheme? Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So that's something that you ought to look at, the Total Operators Margin Scheme. So generally speaking, if you're renting out rooms by the night, yes. you should charge VAT if you exceed the threshold and charge 25%. If you can qualify for TOMS, you only uh, have to pay VAT on your margin. Yeah? So let's say you're charging 80 pounds, but you're only making 30 pounds, okay? Yeah. Your VAT is only payable on the 30 pounds and not the 80 pounds. So it's gonna be a significant saving for you, however, you have to make sure if you're doing rent to SA that the contract you have in place or the lease arrangement you have in place makes very clear who's responsible for what. So to keep it really simple, you should, shouldn't be paying for anything. They should be paying for everything, if that makes sense. So the supply that you buy in, you can't change. So in, in terms of the fixtures, fittings, equipment, knives, forks, all that kind of stuff, all has to be paid by them. How you structure that is important and that's a conversation you can have with them. Uh, because if you're adding something to the supply, then you don't qualify for TOMS. That's the biggest one you have to do. You can just work it out so it works with uh, whichever person or persons you've got to doing that. Yeah. So look at TOMS. I think you're going to have a significant saving, especially if you're doing rent to SA. Yes. Is that okay for you? Yeah, brilliant. Okay, good. Second question over here, CT2 holding company. Who's that? Was that yours, Oliver? No. Sorry. No. Nigel. So. Let's look at the holding company structure very quickly, shall we? So what Nigel is saying is up here, you have a holding company, and Nigel is sat up here because he owns the shares. Then over here, Nigel has company one, two, and three. And your question is, if I move money from here to here, let's just call it 100 grand, does this company pay tax? Have I got that right? Yeah, which company pays tax? Or what? Yeah. Does company one pay? Um, yeah, so so this company makes prop, uh, yeah. a profit, okay, and it, it pays corporation tax. Then the beauty by the holding company structure, Nigel, is you move the money up to the holding company and there's no further tax to pay. And then you can move this down to company two, three, four, wherever you like. As long as the funds stay within the company, no further tax to pay. If this is a trading company structure, so if, so, an investment company, Nigel, is one where you buy property and you hold on to it. Trading is where like someone like Oliver buys property, refurb, redevelop, and sells. Oh, so, okay, yeah, 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 you, yeah. But if you were to, to, to sell them, Oliver, then you would have a trading group. Uh, and if you ever have a trading group, there's other tax advantages for you having a holding company. Okay? Happy with that or any further questions? Anybody got, got any questions on holding companies by any chance? 
No. Sorry, can I just add to that? So once the hold co receives the hundred thousand, yeah. isn't treated as what is that treat? That's treated as income. That's treated as a dividend. Dividend to holding company with a tax-free dividend. But on the P and L for, for the hold co, how does that get reflected in the P and L? It so in the P and L you reflect it as a, a dividend re received from a subsidiary, but it's not it's not taxable because the subsidiaries already pay tax on it, yeah? yeah? As long as it's part of the of group structure, yeah? So no further tax to pay. It's, it's income, but non-taxable, yeah? However, so I'll come to the second. I think Richard may agree that when you're applying for finance, uh, Nigel, some, some lenders don't like the holding company structure, do they? Because there's a lack of exposure, because they can't see what the holding company's doing, and they've got no control. So sometimes, Nigel, you may, I've never come across it, by the way, but I keep getting told by people that uh, if you have a, because you've got a partition there basically, or, or some lenders don't like this particular structure. I think my, my experience with lenders with these kind of structures is they just struggle to get their head around what's going on. And I think there's a natural assumption from lenders, not yeah. from me, but from lenders that, that there's something slightly dodgy going on, that it's some kind of tax avoidance, you know, yeah. minimization. And, and so they, they take a lot of time to really understand what's going on, how the dynamics yeah. work between the companies. It's interesting, and I think it's also, in their view, a lack of transparency, because right. they can see what's going on here, and they can have debentures, floating charges, all that kind of stuff over here, fixed charges, whereas when the money goes here, they don't have any control, do they? But interestingly, I've never been asked that question by any lender on any of my stuff, and I use a, a holding company structure, never. Yeah, it's very common, um, but, but I know the, the one I mentioned earlier at the start about the commercial um, premises in, in Ipswich that we're doing a commercial mortgage on right now, it's owned by an individual's company, and he's got quite a complicated structure like this. Yeah. And it's taken us quite a long time to get like, yeah. comfortable with it all. Which makes no sense because... It doesn't really, no. Yeah, but there you go. So that's your question answered, Nigel, yeah? Sole Traders Limited Company, whose question was that? Sorry, I've not come to you, sorry. Your name is? Yeah, Narinda. Hi, Narinda. Hi, Narinda. So my uh, question, well, actually, two small questions on the uh, holding tax uh, structure. Yeah. So if you've got accumulated um, tax allowances, you've got the individual companies, can they transfer it up to the holding companies? So can the other company benefit so, from those capital allowances? Yes, okay. in, the, in the group structure. Right, okay. Yeah. And the second question is, if you've got director's loans to those companies, yep. can they then also be paid by other companies? Yes, as long as you, you transfer the funds over, yes. Right. Yeah, you can, yeah. That's another benefit of having a a holding company structure because in effect to keep it simple as long as 75 percent or more is owned by the holding company which usually in your case it'll be 100 percent owned unless you have uh, some of the partners or investors therefore you can pretty much do anything and it's seen as one particular business from from hmrc's perspective yeah okay sole traded to limited company question was from who sorry it was me originally okay richard sorry so if you just remind me of the question again. It was, it was a question that I get asked a lot from uh, property investors, which is, am I, from a tax perspective, am I better off under personal ownership or limited company ownership? And I know that's a very general question, yeah. but it is a common one. So it depends on a number of things, and tax is, is only one consideration. So 
it depends how much flexibility they want. Uh, because if you have a sole trader, you've got kind of carte blanche authority to do as you please. If you have a limited company, then you're restricted by your articles of association and then your, uh, the company law as well, okay? Uh, which, which stops you from doing certain things. So that's one thing. Uh, we, in terms of management and ease of management, again, you've got more flexibility, Richard, to do what you like as a sole trader with uh, a company. It's different, just to kind of touch on the point that Narinda made, if you have a sole trader and you take 50,000 pounds out, it's fine. You have a limited company, you take 50,000 pounds out. It's either a salary or dividend or an overdrawn loan account. So you've got those kind of consequences. If you're adding people into a, a, in your sole trader business, easier to do. If you're adding them uh, to a limited company, harder to do and there's more consequences. So there's those kind of things which are coming to it. Then, of course, you've got the issue of do you want limited liability? Because with a sole trader, you're, you're more exposed. In terms of purely tax, it depends where we stand right now, it depends on your other income. So if, if somebody's going to become a higher rate taxpayer, then they're better off having uh, their property in a limited company because Section 24 means you can't claim all the mortgage interest costs, all the finance costs. So you can only claim half of them. If somebody doesn't have any other income uh, and property is the only income that they generate, and let's say it's 25, 30,000 pounds a year, I'd say, Richard, they're probably better off keeping it in their own name. So it all depends, one, on their overall plan. If they're looking to scale up, I'd say go limited. Uh, if they're looking to just have a, a small pot of income coming in and there's no other income coming in or there's a small pension and they're looking to re retire, I'd say go sole trader. Uh, but with most people, generally speaking, the intention, ambition, aspiration is to scale up. So I'd say nine out of 10 cases, Sole trader, sorry, limited company works better. Yeah. Of course you can, Scott. Um, so if you have properties as a sole trader and you want to shift them across into a limited company, so is there a way, because I've heard different ways of, of um, not paying capital gains? Yep. Is there a way, because, is there a way to do that? There is. And you can thank Peter for this again. Okay. We're going to cover that for you over here. If that's okay with you. Oh, okay. Yep. And on the second question on that, so if you're still a sole trader and yep. the, that Section 24 thing, do you, do you still get some allowance to claim some of that mortgage uh, payments back? Because right now, no. so there's none. So no. that's completely gone. That's right, yeah. yeah. So Unless they own half the property or share the property uh, and then they aren't affected by, by Section 24, then they can claim their share of the cost. So let's say you and I both own a property together and the interest costs are £5,000 and we own half each. You're a high rate taxpayer, I'm not. So, uh, so my £2,500 interest, I claim on my tax return, it's fine. Your £2,500 interest, you, you can only claim half of it. So if you're not a high rate taxpayer, that you can still claim? Then you're okay. okay. It's when you kick into the high rate, you, you can't claim the 40% relief, you only claim 20% relief. Yeah, as a tax credit. To John, and then we'll come over to you. And just to add to that, your, where you sit in terms of high rate or lower rate, or basic rate, shall I say, um, is based on the income that you get, the net profit, before the interest is That's right, off. that's right. So effectively, it's push people up that normally wouldn't, wouldn't go into it. Yeah. yeah, so you could find, even though your net income 
keeps you below the threshold. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's right. Actually, you're up in the higher threshold because it, it pushes you up. That's right. Yeah, first. yeah. That's why I said it makes sense to have a limited company. The problem that most people have is if they own a significant portfolio in their own name, moving that from their own name into a limited company uh, is where they have a challenge, which which we'll cover when we get to number five. Has he? Good. Okay. If you're already small, let's say with two or three properties in your own name, though, could you not leave those and then after after put things into a limited? Yeah, that's right. That's what most people end up doing if they have a small portfolio with a small income. Because then you can control how you tax yeah, that stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But if somebody has ten properties, then it starts becoming a problem because the income's high and that pushes them into higher rate anyway. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.